We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. rolling football season will be done before we know it so let's enjoy it while we have it we are still only heading into week two and with me as always to help preview tight ends and defenses on what he is a appropriately termed tight end thursday you can follow him on twitter at statsman22 mr paul bruno what up paul hey i'm dying at a thousand deaths here watching the blue jays so i need football to be a real good distraction james that's a great line, Paul. It's a tough life to be a Blue Jays fan right now. Hopefully, yeah, uh, yeah. hopefully they could turn it around over these last couple minutes. But you know what? We don't care about baseball anymore here, Paul. We're all football all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's jump in. We got a lot to cover. We got tight ends and defenses to get to. Um, so obviously, I think we should start off with the tight ends here as uh, a tight end and defense and kicker, which you will discuss tomorrow, are. Um, are those positions that are the toughest to fill? You usually end up, uh, in my mind, are what the ones you usually end up kind of looking over and just fitting people in because they fit, uh, as opposed to really taking advantage of it. And a lot of times, those are the guys that can 
be the difference in those 10 to 20 points or whatever it is that needs to get you over the top. Um, so it's important to really give it a little more thought than that. So, Paul, why don't we jump in? We'll, we'll go by the ranking, the tiers, but obviously there is, there is one guy just sitting there just at the top of the list looking you right in the face, and that's Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, we're, we're waiting to see where he's at health-wise, but it did seem like that first week injury kind of came out of nowhere. Um, if Gronk is in, are you willing to roll him out this week? Obviously, I'm not you know, advocating playing him if he's not playing, but let's say he's starting. How nervous are you about a, a injury decoy or anything along those lines? I'm very nervous about Gronkowski. You know, this guy, he's, he, the latest is that he was limited at practice on Wednesday. I think today will be a telltale sign. He's got to step it up if he wants to get in the lineup. But you, you got to really give him some consideration because he's he's far and away the best tight end in, in football, uh, and that's on merit. The guy's been been doing it for years and uh, is just a monster out there. Uh, very hard to defend against him because he can do it all, and uh, with power, with speed, uh, with guile, he, he he's got the whole package, and that's why he ranks a, t a cut above everybody else. But as long as he's got injury issues, I'm not going anywhere near him. That's too much money to commit, and I think I'd rather pu almost punt this position and uh, spend my money elsewhere so that's the way i feel about him 100 percent agree it's just too much he's even more expensive than he was last week and he didn't play last week i know a t easier matchup in dairy but uh, i am with you there's zero chance i'm spending that kind of money on gronk this week whether he's playing or not i need to see him go out and be fully healthy before i'm willing to buy in like that let's go with those next two on the board is it's really a, a three-person position as far as that top top tier goes and then we get into kind of the more uh, you know, safer plays and the long shots, but there are only really three guys who on a week-to-week -week basis can be a number one wide receiver type of guy, tight end. The other two guys, obviously, Greg Olson at 7,600 and Jordan Reed at 7,400. Neither kind of jumped off the page, one, but both solid debuts. How do you look at these two? Are, are you willing to pay up for either of these two as well, Paul? Yeah, I like both matchups in this case. For Olsen, he goes against San Francisco. Of course, they had the shutout week one, but they're not that good. Uh, he had nine targets, got 73 yards. He's the, at the top of the board on merit, one of the very best in the league. And Jordan Reed is an up-and-coming guy. He's got a pretty good matchup against the Cowboys, who have a, always had a tough time in the last couple of years against tight ends, opposing teams. The Giants' tight ends had a field day last week, and uh, I think Jordan Reed could have a big day this weekend, too. 11 targets last week. They completed seven balls for 64 yards so those two guys are, are at the top I'd, I'd sooner spend money on them than worry about Gronkowski in a, in a heartbeat in this in this week's uh, lineups yeah I agree there as well I am probably jumping down to some of these lower guys regardless but if I had to risk on one of the two I'm going to go with Reed like you said I like those 11 target Dallas uh, give up a touchdown to Larry Donnell in week one they've never been a great cover of the tight end team especially with you know, all the uh, Rolando McLean is out and, and all that. So um, I, I think that there is a real uh, real upside for Reed, especially his highest price 10 end on the board there. I'm probably staying away from Olsen, but agree I would take either of those guys over Gronk. All right, let's move on to where the uh, rubber meets the road and people actually start to really consider these guys. We've got the 6,000 range with not that many names in there. It jumps down from Delaney Walker down to Zach Ertz and Tyler Eifert, two names at the bottom of that list who are just straight off the board automatically because neither will be playing this week. So let's look at those other names from Walker, Thomas, Travis Kelsey, Dwayne Allen, and Gary Barnage. Are you willing to pay for any of these guys in this range here? 
Well, the one intriguing one there is Barnage. He didn't get catch any balls. He had two targets in week one, but they have a change of quarterback now as RG3 is down and Josh McCowan is back in. And he had a pretty good rapport with Barnage last year. So that's that's where I'm hanging my hat in this range, I guess. Uh, another couple of guys that are intriguing are Travis Kelsey and Dwayne Allen. They both have uh, interesting matchups. I'll say Dwayne Allen has a tougher one at Denver, 6200 bucks. But he's another quality guy. Uh, of this category, though, I'd have to point to Kelsey as the, uh, my go-to pick. Seven targets, six catches, 74 yards, topping the group here in terms of yards gained in this particular sector. Yeah, I I love Delaney Walker just period as a player, as a receiver. And at 6600 against that Detroit defense, they clearly showed that it's not very good at covering the past last week, granted that was Andrew Luck, but um, I don't hate him at 6,600, but the price does seem a little high. Uh, yeah. I, I'm fine with the Kelsey call. I actually really like Gary Barnage just because of the change at quarterback. I know Barnage, obviously, the goose egg week one is disappointing, but he was terrific when Josh McCown was the quarterback last year. Like, you know, one of the best tight ends in football, terrific. And Josh McCown is the quarterback now. So I actually think Barnage at 6,000 is kind of a, a really sneaky play this week. I am definitely going to have him in a few of my lineups because I really do think that was an RG3 thing, and I think McCown is going to look for his buddy uh, like he did last season. All right, Paul, let's move down to that 6,000 to 5,000 range. we got a lot of names in here. I would guess the vast majority of tight end play this week will come in this range here uh, with some of these upside plays, some of these, you know, it's where the values are, Paul. So who jumps off the page here? I got a big reveal here. Ooh. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna tell the world my favorite football player. And that's Whoa! Jason, Jason Wooten of the Cowboys. That's the, the least shocking thing you've ever said, Paul. Fourteen targets last. <laughs> You're the eight. only cowboy that that even Cowboys haters can't hate. Exactly. This guy's class all the way, but he led the world in in terms of tight ends last week with 14 targets, completed nine. Uh, for 66 yards, he's turned out to be the early season favorite for the Dak Prescott Security Blanket Award and uh, <laughs> figures to double up this week in terms of uh, I think he's going to be just as busy and possibly get more yardage against a uh, Washington defense. He's had a great success against them throughout his career. And uh, I'll remind everybody, it's, it looks off week one. It's way too early to throw dirt on this guy just yet. There are other options out there in the top tier, though, in this tier, though, that uh, rate a look. Uh, I'll go Colby Fleener and Eric Abram, both of them, $55, $5,600 respectively. Not too big in terms of the targets week one, but I think they both have very good matchups. The Giants not threatening anybody in terms of their defense. And Tennessee, uh, I think they, they got lucky in escaping uh, the game with Green Bay with with uh, not not get, allowing even more yards than they did. So I think those are two defenses that can be exploited by the tight end position. Don't forget the quarterbacks in each case are both pre pretty pass-happy guys. So they're, they're on merit. A guy that I'm wondering about related to the Gronk status is Martellus Bennett. He didn't really take advantage in week one. Three catches for 14 yards. I'm, I'm not on this guy this week. I'm curious to see what you think about him and some of the other guys in this range. Yeah, Bennett is an interesting one to me. I do like him. Obviously, he's very talented, uh, but I think it's actually going to help him when Gronk comes back. He was really blocking a lot in week one. They used him for his blocking ability, the only tight end on the field. Gronk, also an excellent, excellent blocker. Um, so I, I could see Bennett being more involved in the passing game with Gronk back, actually. Um, also, that was just a bad, bad game for that 
Pats, and not a bad game, excuse me, a bad um, game plan for Bennett. You know, Arizona, not a great team to go up against uh, True. for tight ends with those big you know, linebacker safeties and safety linebackers and all those hybrid positions. They got a lot of size and a lot of speed in the middle of that field. Um, but, but look, I, I'm nervous about Bennett, and I'd be weary about playing him, but I, I think the price is right. Um, if I'm spending 5500 I'm probably going Ebron instead, who you mentioned. Um, finally, looks like he's part of that offense. Was the number, like, what, 10 pick in the draft, 9 pick in the draft a few years ago. So, so a real pedigree guy. Looks like he's finally a part of that offense. A nice matchup there. Uh, one other name, though, I will throw out in this uh, – actually, two names. They're right next to each other in this, uh, this range here. Uh, one uh, I mentioned earlier, Larry Donnell got the touchdown week one. Not a huge part of that offense, but again, New Orleans, you know, New Orleans. We've talked about it. <laughs> bad yeah. at stopping the pass. Larry Donnell, a, a red zone threat. And I like Jack Doyle a little bit too. Tough matchup, but obviously look like a part of what Andrew Luck wants to do. Had a really great week one. So another option there. And then one last name here, and, I, and I'll, I'll use it as a way to lead into the 5,000 and below because this guy's right on the cut at 5,000. But Kyle Rudolph, still a part Love of that, that offense thing. in Minnesota. And, and we'll see who's starting the game. But if it's Sam Bradford, um, uh, and either way, even if it's Sean Hill, I think Rudolph's a nice safety blanket there and, and could have some value there. All right, Paul, any, uh, any of these long shots you're taking? Yeah, I like Brent Selleck against Chicago. He's going to take over the the starting role because of injuries there at the tight end position to Ertz, and uh, and I I think he he has the pedigree. He's done it before, and uh, he had only one target last week for 11 yards. You could throw that out the window because he was uh, basically spot duty. But uh, now that he gets the starting egg against Chicago, that's a pretty nice matchup for 4,800 bucks. I like Clive Clive Walford against Atlanta for 4,700 bucks. Another guy who had five targets. You look at the targets in this range to kind of guide you. If if the guy is active and and can repeat the number of targets, maybe you get a few more yards. It's a great value play. Uh, Virgil Green is another one, uh, five targets for 28 yards. Another guy though that jumps out here is in Pittsburgh, Jesse James. We know Big Ben likes to throw the ball around, and this is the highest octane offense that we saw in Week One. He had seven targets. Five catches for 31 yards. He's only 4,500 bucks. Yeah, uh, Paul, I love every single one of the names you said, and and the vast majority of my tight end play this week is going to be coming out of this group. Literally, all the guys you said in play for me. I'll add two more names real quick that I like. One attached to the Brent Selig name, if if he's healthy, Trey Burton is 4,500. And as an Eagles fan, I can tell you that Selig will be the starter, he'll be the blocker. But if they're going to actually call passing plays or, or diagram stuff for a tight end with Ertz out, it's going to be Trey Burton. He is a significantly more talented pass catcher than Brent Selleck is, significantly more athletic as well. He plays H-back for them. He plays fullback for them. He's all over the field. He's a really talented kid. With Ertz out, I think Trey Burton gets a look, and if he's healthy, he's questionable, but I think he's going to be out there. I think for 4,500, that's a nice play as well uh and then one other name that kind of stood out to me in this range uh was vance mcdonald who had a nice showing week one again a tough matchup against carolina but uh looked like him and gabbert had some decent chemistry there um so you know even though it is against the panthers who are tough against tight ends i still would be willing to to take a shot on him especially in a tournament lineup all right paul speaking of defenses let's swing over i just mentioned them those Panthers topped the list at 5,300. That was a bit unexpected, but obviously that 
terrific matchup against the, the Niners. Um, how do you look at these top two defenses? We only have two over the 5,000 mark in Seattle at 5,200 and Carolina at 5,300. Uh, going up against the teams who played each other last week in L.A. and San Francisco. How do you view these two at the top here, Paul? Well, I, I like the Seattle defense. I think they're, they're uh, up there on merit. Carolina is a little bit more of a surprise to me. but uh, So I'll lean in Seattle's direction in this case. They only allowed 64 yards rushing last week. That's a telltale sign. If you can keep teams under 100 yards, you're going to line up for a win more often than not, I think, in this league. And uh, even in the passing game, they didn't allow too much success. A passer rating that wasn't among the league leaders in, uh, for opponents uh, across the board. So of the two, I'm leaning Seattle. Paul, I am too, and I made a mistake before I went into defenses. I was supposed to do this. Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. In fact, it is over because football is actually back, which means that FanDuel's back, and this year it's better than ever. It's not just a new season of FanDuel. It's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans, and they believe that you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which will make you sports rich. Now, try FanDuel now. Just pick your team, stay under the cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game, play in a beginner's contest to learn the ropes. If you have a dollar, there are games for just a dollar. There's 50-50 contests where the top half win money. There's a, you could settle a score with, our, with a friend in our brand and FanDuel's brand new friends mode. It's season-long fantasy football with weekly teams, plus new features ensure a fair and level playing field. Talked about it yesterday, but man, if you had Keenan Allen, that's a bummer. And, and your season's basically over your second second round pick and it's just this gives you the chance to to try a new team each week to root for different players each week to not get in the same ruts to not to start to hate professional athletes for no reason other than their underachievement you can just walk forward and go on to somebody else and say I'm done with you. And you'll feel so much better about it. It's just the best. And, and you can have all the fun that football has to offer, all the fun that fantasy has to offer, all the fun that fantasy football has to offer. At FanDuel, you can be sports rich. Plus, we have a special offer for new users. You can get a free six-month subscription to Rotowire with only a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash RW. And not only that, You'll get the free subscription, but you'll also get to spend the $10 to play on FanDuel. It's like $10 free dollars of play plus a free subscription. It's an insane deal. It's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. that, again, you get to play with. So go to FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, Paul, back to the defenses. I completely agree with what you said there. I know that people think this San Francisco offense is the worst and all that. I think this Rams offense might be the worst offense in football. They looked like a train wreck in week one and now they're talking about giving jeff fisher a new contract which is just something else man anyway uh let's move on paul let's move on to uh again where uh everyone will be spending if we're gonna jump down here but let's go four thousand to five thousand we've got all these defenses in here how about we break it up um you know kind of the ones on the top half let's go down to 4500 first and then we can look at those long shots below who in the 45 to 4900 range leaps off the page to you i'll give you three teams uh two of them are noted in the last two or three years as ball ball ceiling defenses the eagles and the cards they have very good matchups against two teams that i think are going to be way near the bottom in, in regular season standings by the end of the season in chicago and tampa so uh, i i I'd be comfortable spending $4,800 in each of those cases. Move down a little bit to the Baltimore Ravens. We already talked about the fact that Cleveland's rolling out a number two quarterback already, and the Ravens are a defense that uh, held up pretty well in the first week, allowing only 65 yards 
on the ground and 24 carries, that's less than three yards a pop. And uh, that means that if they can do that again, uh, force, force Cleveland into a passing game with the number two guy at the controls, I, I like their chances for a pick or two in that one as well. Yeah, I think those are some good names, Paul. I, the Eagles defense, I think, is a strong call, too. It's a uh, Chicago's bad, and Jay Cutler is <laughs> Jay Cutler is extra bad, and he likes to make mistakes. And that defensive, if nothing else, they're fast and they're aggressive, and they're going to force some teams into some turnovers. So I really like that. KC against uh, against Houston, uh, you know, Brock Osweiler looked good in Week One, and he got it done. But again, that Bears defense is nothing special. I think Vic Fangio is a smart coach, and so is John Fox. But I think they're deficient in talent there. Um, but you know, I think is a is a I think that Patriots defense is straight legit. I mean, we know that Miami isn't very good. On top of that, they looked awesome against Arizona, and I don't know if Arizona's offense just got really bad quickly, or if that Pat's defense is really really good. And I think it's the latter. I think come the end of the season, we might be looking at this Pat's D as one of the better Patriots defenses of the last decade or so. And I know that's an aggressive comment, but. Um, that's how good I think this Patriots defense can be at 4,500 against Miami. I think that is a, a a home run slam dunk play. All right, Paul, let's move on. Let's uh, let's hit those long shots here. Let's go from uh, the lowest price defense on the board, the San Francisco 49ers, and I know that Carolina is better. I'm sorry. Cleveland Browns. Any, the, the Cleveland Browns should not be above anybody. I watched them against Eagles last night. <laughs> they shouldn't even be on the board. They should be listed with the college defenses in college football, FanDuel, if they do that. I mean, come on, okay? But outside of that, let's go. Who in this range kind of interests you? Are there any long shots? Obviously, I'm guessing you're not going for the Browns. I'm not going anywhere near the bottom half bottom half of this table at all, actually. You mentioned San Francisco. I, I'm intrigued by the fact they pitched a shutout week one. That's the only team in this group that I that I would bat an eyelash in their direction, but I'm staying away from the bottom half of this group entirely. Yeah, I agree with you, at least with the lower ones, but there are a couple defenses up in this 4,400 range at 4,300 that I would be willing to take a shot on because... I, look, I know it's Green Bay, but I think that Minnesota defense is a top five, maybe even like top three defense in this league. We wow. saw them put up 21 FanDuel points last week, okay? And I know that was against Tennessee, but look, Green Bay is not this infallible, amazing offense. It, look, they, what, they get 27 points against Jacksonville? Jacksonville's pretty good. Minnesota's a much better defense. So I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't make mistakes, and that's really what you're looking for in FanDuel. Right. But when you can get a chance to get that type of, of stud defense, in my mind, for 4,400, I think it's a shot worth taking in a lot of cases. But I agree. Outside of that, you look at the bottom of this bracket, it's it's scary. I think I might take a shot on, on Tampa Bay in a tournament just on the hope that what we saw from that Arizona offense is legit and they are, uh, you know, going downhill. Uh, I don't think that's the case, but I think it'd be worth a, a tournament play. Um, but yeah, Paul, I think for the most part, if you can find a way to squeeze uh, some of those higher end or at least mid defenses in there, I think it's going to be a big advantage. All right, Paul, tell everyone what's coming up tomorrow on the Road to Wire DFS podcast. Well, we're going to look at the latest injury updates in the news. Certainly, I want to get more information on Gronkowski. And then we're going to, John and I are going to put together lineups. That's going to be part of our Friday mission going forward, where we put our money where our mouth is and set up our own Rotowire lineups in the staff a free roll and uh, compete against you and our other pals. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> now I have to listen and see where your lineups are and base my lineups around those. So, um, no, it'll be good. It'll be good. I had a good week in the row. I think I came in fourth or fifth last week. So, 
Let's uh, let's try and win this one, Paul. One of Paul, one of the two of us needs to win it, and then we can share the winnings. How about that? Ab- ab- <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> oh man! All right, that's gonna do it for the RotoWire DFS podcast for Thursday, September fifteenth. Uh, we have run down some tight ends and defenses for you. Tune in tomorrow, Paul Bruno, and John McKechnie will bring you the. Uh, kickers they'll bring you some full lineups they'll tell you how you know as he said they're gonna put their money where their mouth is you don't want to miss that so again for paul bruno follow him on twitter at statsman22 i am james seltzer the two of us will be back with you next week again listen to paul tomorrow on the rotowire dfs podcast